I'm Cameron. I'm Ben. I'm Evan. And we're dads with cars. So, how did we get here? It's been two years. We've been talking about this for forever. We finally got it together. Yay, us. Congratulations. Yeah, I don't really know how I got here. I was oh. just kind of like, look, if you want to if you want to drive this thing, I will show up and talk about cars because I that's pretty much my favorite subject. But if we rewind back mm. um to kind of the the first not like the first time that we met, but like the first time I guess that we realized, oh, we're we're actually interested in the same things. And if we kind of go back to that, there was none of this, you know, friendships and stuff like this, they don't appear overnight, right? You work at them and you don't realize you're working at them. But what you, what you, what you finally figure out is, oh, actually, I'm going to hang out with you and we're going to do the same things. And we're interested in doing the same things. And that's kind of all that happened, right? Well, I mean, you and I were neighbors, but we were brought together because our wives met at spin class and we both had newborn children. Right. So that right, right there, we have like two of the things that, well, one of the things we're talking about the other thing, but the one of the things is that we're both dads. Right? Yep. Both, we we yeah. all have 10 year olds, don't we? Yes, we do. All three of us. I mean, I think the other thing is like, we know you, Evan, again, through Ben's wife, Lindsay, yeah. because you guys the were in thing. a kid's group together. Yeah. Your daughter and Ben's son, Elwood were in a, a group yeah, together. Yeah, they're the same year, right? And it was pretty much as soon as I found out that Ben had a cool car that I was like, cool, give me his number. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this kind of grew, the, the idea of doing this kind of grew over a, a pretty long period of time. Because we were doing drives and we were going to Cars and Coffee and we were talking about cars for like a lot longer than... We were talking about doing a podcast. Yeah. I, I mean, saying. you and I got into a lot of trouble over a number of years with our significant others because we were always off going to car things yeah. and planning how we could open up a coffee place that we would drag around to Cars and Coffee because like, we think the coffee sucks at most Cars and Coffee. Which is odd because usually the cars are really cool, but the coffee sucks. Yeah. I'm not a connoisseur of coffee. I admit. What? I like all oh, coffee. God. I like all coffee. I do. There's, Burnt Farmer yeah. Brothers at it's the bottom of the... the same the, way with weed. I like all... It doesn't matter. weed at the bottom of the... doesn't matter. Yeah. It does the same thing. Folges. Oh, I'm geez. good. I'm good. I right. think we're going to have to... We're going to have to... Take I, I mean, I don't... I'm not drinking Folgers at home, but... You ban? I wouldn't be sad if I, if I was. Sanka. I'm drinking um, the, the little disposable K-cup things from uh, San Francisco Coffee Company. Okay. So it's Did like, you get those at Costco? Local, it's Costco, yeah. yeah that's, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I feel good about it. All right, good for you. But I'm saying if I went to you know, McDonald's tomorrow, well, I shouldn't say that. You know, if they serve me McDonald's coffee at Chromatic, I would not be able to tell you. I, I don't think. I, I don't know. If we AB'd you, blind AB between a Chromatic and McDonald's. <laughs> okay, that might be different. Yeah. I love coffee, though. I, like right. I said, so it doesn't need to be great. You know, loving coffee and being a coffee connoisseur yeah. don't, have, don't necessarily have to be the same thing. I like that. Yeah. That's kind of me with cars. Like, I don't know all the numbers of all the Mercedes and all the BMWs and all the Porsches and everything. I just, I lose track of it all. And I think, I kind of don't care. Well, I mean, really, all you need to know with Mercedes is like the W203. All everything I really need is, to know is what is the number of the car that I have the key to that I'm going to go drive right now? 9911. Yeah, 9911 is the only number I need to know. 9911 of 100. One of 100. I like the way you think, yeah. Sport Design Edition. <laughs> but, I like the yeah, fact that it's kind of true. I learn about a car usually, mostly, after I own it. In, in this case, you bought it and you didn't even, you were just like, look at this. Yeah. By the way, I just found out on my drive home, you know, it does, it does this and that. Yeah. This is magical. Just getting back to my question, because there was a question coming. I was like, we'd known each other for a long time. Mm. Yeah. We got into a, a bunch of trouble uh, with our significant others, spending way too much time wanting to drive cars instead of like do other family stuff and talk about cars and go to car things. And quite often, a lot of that stuff was us with cars with our kids as mm. well. 
And so we kind of thought, hey, is there, is there, is there, is it possible as an audience out there that, that would listen to us talking about how to make, you know, being a dad work in the car scene at the same time? And, and actually what we noticed is quite a few, when you think about something, of course, you see it all the time. So we would go to Cars and Coffee. We'd be like, oh, there's another dad in a car. Like, there's another guy that's trying to figure out how to, like, make Cars and Coffee work at 7.30, you know, on a Sunday morning with yeah. their kid. And I wonder if they'd had the same conversations. Like, hey, I'm, I'm going to take the, the kids to the Cars and Coffee thing in the morning. You can have a lie-in and you do your thing. And I've got the kids in the morning kind of thing. Um, so that's kind of where, like, the idea of, like, dads and cars came from. Yep. Um, I mean, we were, we had notoriety on the coastal rally because we were the dudes that had brought kids with them. Yeah. For all day drives. Well, well, they slept. <laughs> yes. Well, they slept. <laughs> I do like at a car show or, or a gathering, like you're talking like cars and coffee, where you look at a car. There's nobody, you know, there's people around, but you don't know who owns the car. But you see a kid's setup or you see a kid's toy in the car or a car seat in the back. And I don't know, it gives you a bit of street cred in my book. I, I think, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what we, that's what we were reacting to. It's like, you know, how do we make this work? Right. How, how do you fit everything in? Not the car, the life. Yeah. How do you fit like, the family, the, the work, the family, the work, the you know the responsibilities, the yard work that I was doing this afternoon. I'm like, I I, you know, I can't come and do the podcast this afternoon until I've got the yard work done because the trash it's trash day. So just fitting. I mean, it's like this is not a glamorous podcast where we're going to be talking about testing supercars because like <laughs> that's not the world that we're in. It's no. like no, I None don't of us like supercars. All we're that in the much. real world. Yeah, I like approachable stuff. Yeah. When I, when I first had my 996, I remember putting the passenger seat like all the way forward. And then actually I'd have to lean it forward, the back forward, just so I can get the car seat in the back. And that went on for about the first year of my daughter's life. And it wasn't exactly ideal. But I remember just thinking, there is no other choice. She must be driven, you know, around. We need to go to this dance class. <laughs> Well, I think the hilarious thing is, like, all of us had car seats in two-door, quote, impractical cars for having a family. Oh, don't stop. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I had to end up getting rid of my car after my son was born about six months after. One, I was pulled over with him in the back at three months old. In Mm. fact, I think that's the last time I got a ticket. But after that, it was like, you must get rid of this car. Largely because it was like, this is so impractical. It's like, well, it's my impracticality to deal with. Like, yeah. why do I have to get rid of my car? Yeah. Th- thankfully, I think that that whole concern has dissipated with with me and, and my car. Because I got home having bought a two-door car with a family and was questioned. It's like, what, why didn't you get a car with four doors? I'm like, okay, I... Well, it's mean, a valid question. It is a valid it question. It really is. Except that 98% of the time, there are two or less people in the car. So the amount of use that the other two doors would get would be very minimal. Because like almost all of the time that anybody gets in that car is just me. And then the other, the other time, it's usually just one other person. And then to Cameron's point, like getting the kids in and out of the car seats in the back when they had both had car seats, it's like, well... Th- I will deal with that. Even if it's all four of us out, I'm going to be dealing with that because I've made that decision. Yeah. I mean, the impracticality is yours to own. Like, why should it matter? Yeah. But for some reason it did. Yeah. I don't think it does anymore. I think we've got past that. I mean, swinging way over to the other end of it, though, like, I have to say, I drove the most Mm -hmm. impractical thing I think I've ever driven (laughs) on a drive, (laughs) which was the 2022 Cayenne sport back or whatever and it was incredible you loved it it was absolutely incredible for what it was so four, i don't know four doors plenty of room what were you thinking ben <laughs> well there was a moment where like i mean when i finally got my gt4 back the people at the dealership laughed because it was like i actually kind of love this thing and they were like really <laughs> why i mean 
you don't really want to admit to them that you took their car on a crazy back roads drive and it's a it. Porsche. They, I'm sure they would understand. They'd probably love it. Nah, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a weird moment though. It was like a like the world had turned inside out. I, I could I could start listing out the cars that I think look wrong with four doors. It's also not just a like a practicality thing. It's a, it's like a design thing. Sure. Like I, I there's a bunch of cars that I think don't look right because they have another set of doors. Yeah. GTIs. Them. Yeah. Don't look right with four doors. Audi A3 should have two, two doors. Two doors. Right? I, th- I think an M3 should have th- two doors. M3. Yeah. I saw yeah, I saw a four door M3 this afternoon. And I was like, that looks wrong. Why would you do that? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, why did they change the number and make the two-door the M4? Well, oddly enough, I drive a 335i with four doors, and I love it. Yeah, but that's... But de- that was designed That was designed to be yeah. like that. Totally. Yeah, my, my old M3 was a two-door. So, like, the, the four-door A5, the four-door RS5, the new one, now, it just looks completely yeah, wrong. it's weird. Yeah. The, the, uh, the Porsche Taycan and the Audi e-tron RS, four doors, looks completely wrong. Yeah. It looks disproportionate. Well, it's, it's like to, they, to my eye. So it's like they took a nine eleven. No, I agree with you. Cut in a couple of extra doors, like one of those bad limos, you know, where they take the thing and slam a big center section in the middle of it. Yep. Can you answer a question for me? Yes. Somebody asks you, "What's your podcast about?" What do you say? Because is it just going to be about cars? Um, I could say that it began as like a thing about cars. But I feel like I just show up to hang out with my friends once a week and talk about, you know, what gets us through. Well, I mean, I think the thing is, like, we are in our own way obsessive about stuff. But every time we've talked about the podcast, it has always been about cars, even though we're into, other than Evan, we're into coffee, we're into coffee machines, we're into machinery, we're into watches, we're into all kinds of crazy stuff. Mechanics in general. Yeah. I mean, anything that is mechanized... um, that's kind of a throwback to an earlier time. I think there's something comforting about that, but I don't know that that is, is the topic of the podcast. I think it revolves around the automotive thing and, and that it is something that we all use to get through our lives. Well, it's about life, isn't it? I mean, it's just about life. It's about how we survive. I mean, I think the other thing too, that we have to acknowledge which the podcast is about this as well, is it's about us as, as friends. It's about us as late 40s, early 50-year-old men trying to find our way through all this nonsense. Like, we spend time, each of us, and us as a, as a trio, talking about just getting through life. I mean, I think the car thing is, it is a symptom of the problem, maybe, <laughs> you know, like the problem is it's life is difficult as a father in your late forties, or early fifties. It's not easy. Like this is not easy. And I hear that from both of you all the time. I, it's how I feel. It's, it, it's not somehow that I'm like lamenting my lot, but I do feel better knowing that there's commonality with others in this space and that we, in some ways, instead of turning to drugs or alcohol or other addictions we're sort of like we're obsessed with the car thing and it occupies a bunch of our time and when we can get the time to do it every time we've gone driving there's a moment where somebody breaks out in a gale of laughter or some level of just like unadulterated happiness and those are the moments that I'm like this is why this is why we do this I'm glad you said that. I, I'm really glad you said that because I think it's a it's a great contrast. I'm I'm gonna own up. I'm gonna say this, and we can talk about it. But I think being a dad is really hard. Mm. I think there are some things about being a father that are really difficult. Um, and you know, I probably never appreciated that that it was so difficult for my dad. Um, and I'm only just probably just figuring out how tough some of it is. So having the opportunity to spend time with other people that are, you know, going through similar stuff or maybe not going through similar stuff, but like able to appreciate what you're dealing with in some way and that you have a shared interest with gives you the opportunity to 
share experiences that give you a way to have them, you know, to have something to, to cope yeah. with it. Right. Um, and so if I answer the question myself, what's this podcast about? The answer that I gave was, I was asked like, what's the podcast going to be about? And I said, and it was like, what's the podcast going to be about? Ben? is it going to be about cars? And I was like, well, yeah, it is going to be about cars. Cause that's the, the, that's one of the things that we have in common, common. One of the other things we have in common is we're all dads. And yeah, we could talk about like how you make the cars thing work while being a dad. But I actually think that like these things are like, like intrinsically woven for me anyway, they're like intrinsically woven into my life. Right. Like I know for a fact, Cam, like you and your dad and cars, you can't, un you can't un unwrap that. Right. No. For me, like my dad and cars and my dad's cars and my dad, I, I, I'll never forget. I, every single time I would talk to my dad, he'd always say this and it was, I was, I'd always remember this, like in the way that he would say to it, he would always like be on the phone. He'd be like asking about the kids and what's like, how's work and doing this. And he'd always say, and how's the motor car? Like, that's how he'd say it. It's like, <laughs> how's the motor car? Cause he was always like, what's going on with the motor car? Um, and so like there's, for me, for my entire life, even before I was dad, I was a dad and I had, I, we all had dads as well, right? <laughs> Everybody, like it was completely, you couldn't separate for me now thinking about it. You can't separate like the dadness and the carness of the dad, right? And the dadness of the car, <laughs> What's right? So now I'm thinking, I'm doing the same thing. I'm creating all of these same memories with my boys in the car and they're saying things, this is, this will blow your mind. They're saying things like daddy, never get rid of this car. Cause one day I want to drive this car, mm. you know, <laughs> I'm uh, envious right now. So, <laughs> but that's why I think it, it's the angle here. And the answer to the question that I gave was not, yeah, yeah. It's going to be about cars. We're just going to talk about driving in cars and, final drive ratios and ignition timing. No, we're not, right? Because that's not all that we do. Yeah. And I think the angle that we've always talked about has been like what being a dad is like with kids and and being in, like in, involved in cars. I think there's a ton of stuff that we will, will be really interesting to talk about. Um, so my answer was like, yeah, it's going to be about cars, but... It's going to be about a whole bunch of other stuff as well, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fascinating. Like, in some ways, the car is, it's a linkage to a bunch of things, right? Like, to the point that you made, Ben, I think, for me and my father, it was a linkage, and it still is today. It is a bridge that is always there that we go back to. Like, we have these in-depth conversations, and usually, I mean, much like Ben's dad asking, how is the motor car? It's like... For me, right now, my father will engage me in a conversation on the phone with, so, hey, you know, last time I was over there, you were, you were talking about, you know, X thing that you're building or whatever. Like, where are you with that, right? And then, and then from there, we have a conversation about that, which leads to other things. And I think in some ways it's been the same way with building friendships. Like, building friendships when you're in your 40s is not easy. Like, friendships just don't come easy. Like, Ben, you said that earlier. In some way, the, the car thing kind of is that bridge that allows you to have some commonality. You don't really need to think about it. You don't really need to spend a lot of time. You find like-minded people, and, and that bond in and of itself becomes the thing that you, you gather around in the beginning. And even, I would say, outside of like the close friends, when you show up to an event where there is that linkage it's a common thing that everybody shares. So it's, it's everybody's kind of speaking the same language and, and thinking about the same thing. And it opens people up. It opens people up to these other conversations that you can have once you share this like obsession, right? Like the people that have that obsession have that all in common. And then, you know, you decide that they're a part of your tribe and it, it gets you into all these other conversations and you learn things that you never expect you're going to learn. Like every time I go to cars and coffee, I end up in a super lengthy conversation. Um, you know, and, and you don't 
you're not just learning about the car. You're learning about the human being who is attached to the car. And that is fascinating. Like I always come away from those things feeling like closer to somebody or enriched, which you don't get in a lot of instances where you don't have that. So I don't know. I mean, yes, Ben, I think to your point, it's more than just the cars. It's kind of about life via this thing, right? The bridges that it builds to do another stuff. Like, I don't think any of us would be in this. <laughs> Evan, Evan's point was very poignant. It's like, once I found out he had a cool car, like, give me his number. You know I mean? That's <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fascinating, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, not to bring a layer of formality or, you know, an extra layer of emotion to something like, because we're just sitting around talking about cars and things, but this has been one hell of a week and I'm super appreciative of the fact that the three of us are sitting here. So I'm just going to start with that. Awesome. I, I do was thinking about it today. I do think it's therapeutic. It is. This is like free therapy. It is. It's like an hour or two of talk therapy and the only cost was a grand worth of audio equipment and, you know, reserving a room in your apartment building. Fantastic. Yeah. What a bargain. Thanks, Evan. You're the best. You guys are the best. So <laughs> I got a kid car story. Yeah, let's hear it. So <laughs> last week was Thanksgiving and we're sitting around at my parents' house talking and from nowhere, Alex just pops off with, hey, dad, have you ever gone joyriding? How do you, in front of your parents answer that question without lying. Do, do we know what he thinks he meant? When oh, he, I asked, Ben. Uh, okay. I asked. But I, I, I don't think my definition of joyriding is what well, you Why don't you give me your is. definition of Mine joyriding? Mine is just joyride is when you steal a car and drive it around for a while. Yeah, that was his li- definition. Leave it smashed in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not that last bit. But he was like, have you ever stolen a car from your parents or somebody else's parents? Ah. Because I... Like, I asked, you know, what? tell me what you mean by joyriding. And so my dad's three feet away, and of course, you know. Well, what was your response? Did you do it? Have, have you? Well, I did, of course I have. I, didn't, I, didn't, I <laughs> did not know that, I swear. I, uh, I have a long history of stealing Porsches, actually. Fabulous. Tell, yeah. tell me more. Well, so, so I didn't actually have to answer the first part because my dad just jumped in and he's like, yeah, he used to steal my car every time we'd go on vacation. I was like, you're not supposed to tell him that. Because <laughs> then he's going to get ideas, right? Thankfully, alarm, lots of locks, keys going to safe. Because I've learned from myself not to leave that crap underneath the mat for future me to come and steal the car. So yeah, my dad piped up and was basically like, yeah, he used to take my car out all the time. And so Alex is like, well, how did you know? He said, well, every time he, he brought it back, it was only running on two cylinders. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he had done a lot of work to the motor. One of the things he'd never done was switch the plug wires. So I would drive that thing hard. I drove that thing Ferris Bueller's Day Off style, right? How old were you? Again? 16. 17. 18, probably all, all the years. The neighbor used to rat me out to my parents after a while because he was a fellow Porsche person. And uh, I think he knew that I was not supposed to be driving the car. So he would end up telling my dad that I was off driving the car. But I took my, my car stealing to another level. And like a friend of mine, his parents were gone and they had a 924S. And I always wanted to drive a 924S. And so we managed to find the keys and back that thing out. What year was that car? That was a, I don't know. I'm thinking 87, maybe? It was brand new. Like, you know, narrow body. Still had the dealer plates on it, I think, when we stole it. But he didn't want to drive. It was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to drive these things. So I got to be designated driver guy. That one felt a little bit weird because it's legit brand new Porsche that I did not have any claim to with random dude from high school sitting next to me. And the sister came home 
and the car was not there. And somehow we managed to get the car back into the garage after she went to bed silently. Wow. <laughs> Were you pushing it? We pushed it the last like 15 feet. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So all that got exposed to my 11 year old who now has a bunch of ideas about stealing cars. You're right about the technology, though. It's not like just get the key and go. You can, um, you can prevent more of that with your particular situation now with the garage and doors and things. Well, Locks. I mean, so, but I want to ask you guys, would you have just dodged that question? Like, I didn't have a choice. My dad kind of outed me. But I, I wasn't really going to go to Grand Theft Auto at, at Thanksgiving with my son. Sure. What would you do, Ben? I think I... I Probably would have owned up. <clears throat> I took out, we had a, a Mitsubishi Shogun, which I guess is a Pajero. Which would be a, hang on, uh, it was a Dodge Raider or... Mitsubishi? Same thing. Same thing? In in the U.S. it was the Montero. Uh, okay, that sounds yeah. about right. I, I remember the Montero. Yeah, the yeah. little, like it was like the Suzuki Samurai, but slightly bigger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, Dodge I, Raider. <clears throat> so I love this Montero. car. It was like a, you know, yeah. off, off-road car. Hard not to love those. Yeah. Had an inclinometer in the... In oh, the yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. The little three-gauge thing yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Love that. I didn't did even know the, that was a thing. Did yours have windows that went like this in the back, the slidey windows? Yeah, might have done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was, that was the family car for a long time. And after, you know, after I'd been driving for a little while, I would get to drive that. And we were in the south of France. And... I was down there with a friend. This must have been, you know, I was probably 18, 19, something like that. And um, a friend came down to stay with us in the south of France. And we took the Shogun. That's what, we, that's, that's what it was in, in, in the UK. And we took that for a drive and we were like, yeah, let's go off-roading. <laughs> I mean, like nowadays, that's a whole thing. But like back then, it was like, oh, it's an off-road car. And who's in the car with you? Just my friend. Just you, just, just you and your me friend. And, me and a buddy. Yeah, okay. So that just goes through your mind. Let's go off-roading. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're just driving around the countryside in the south of France, and we see a dirt track. And he's like, let's go there. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, and so we go down this dirt track, and it's a lot of fun. We're driving up the mountain, and we're like, yeah, let's get to the top, and we can get, we'll can we have a good view. And uh, Didn't it have four-wheel drive? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They have uh, locking diffs. Like you had yeah, to, you had like, to get out and switch yeah. the thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and pull the lever Lock the down. Yeah. Did it was it uh, manual transmission? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wish you had it? that car right now. Green. I want a full picture. Ooh, yeah, it's like green. that light kind of crappy green. No, like a, no, oh, no like it's a like, deep green. It's like deep, like a British camo, racing green. Like, no, well, not racing green, okay. but like deep kind of camo green. Mm. I'm with you. Um, I might actually. Do, I don't know if you, uh, do any of you do either of you do this. I I may have still have the key for it. Ooh, that's nice. I, I don't do that. I do yeah. that. You got to get a frame for I that haven't and put it up that. in the garage. Well, I have, I have multiple keys. I have keys to at least three cars. <laughs> I only have the key to my first car. So the, Volks, the 66 Volkswagen Bug that I had that I inherited from my mom that she bought new, that's the only key I've got. But when people ask you how many cars you have, you can't just be like, I've got keys to blah, blah, blah cars. You don't do that, right? No, it's for sentimental okay. reasons. That's Good. why I keep it. Good. I just want to make sure. All you right, have, so you're driving up in the Monta... Sorry. No. Yeah. Montero. The Montero. Shogun. I was going to say Montenegro, Mitsubishi but go on. Shogun. <laughs> yes, the Shogun. Um, and the track starts to like really narrow. And it was... I want to say it was like late afternoon. So it, And it was pretty... It wasn't dark, but it was like overcast day. And we we're driving along. And then, um, you know, because we're highly skilled off-road... You know, adventurers. Of course, eighteen years old, lots yeah. of experience, lots of nice. experience. I, basically, I drive it off the side of a cliff. Oof, shit! Wow, wow! <laughs> the family truckster off the side of a cliff. Yeah, of a cliff. So he he starts to completely freak out. My my friend Joe, who's in the car with me, and uh, he literally. So the car was like teetering on the edge of a cliff. When I say a cliff, it was more like a little ravine into a, into a, <laughs> into a stream. Right? Okay, but, still, yeah. but yeah. still, I mean, That's it, a thing. the point of no return, and the car would have definitely rolled, right? So I, it's like one wheel is off the the trail, and the car is balancing on like the front wheel and the rear wheel, right? So there's one wheel going down the ravine, and there's one wheel up in the air on the other side. 
Joe leaps out of the car and like is hanging on the door to like balance it. And we're like, what, what do we do? Like what a sailboat. Do? Yeah, like a sailboat. <laughs> so we're like, there's no way that we're getting this car out of this position with just us, right? Like, like I said, we're ex- highly experienced, you know, off-road adventurers and we did not have a winch and we did not have <laughs> rope and we didn't have anything. We right? didn't have like none of that stuff that you would have nowadays for that kind of adventure. We did have, have, a, have a piece of string and we were able to secure the door to a tree with the piece of string. When you say string, I'm thinking kite string. It was a little bit, th- it was like, you know, like, like slightly, slightly, slightly thicker than like, kite string. Like nylon. Like, oh. you know, like paracord yeah. kind of yeah. nylon. Okay. Yeah. Half inch thick, maybe? No. Not even. Not Quarter Shoelace. Whoa. Yeah. So what were you... So there's a string Why? and a Montenegro. Because we, 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 we reasoned at this point... There was I'm no, intrigued. Yeah, there was no way that the two of us were going to be able to get this car out of this position, right? It either needed to be like winched or like, you know, whatever. Some, we needed a decent amount of rope. Some sort of external force. And some, maybe somebody to come and tow us out of this precarious position. So we used the materials that we had in front of us, which was a piece of string. And we tied the door to a tree so that it didn't just roll off the, the side of the trail. And then we ran back to the... It was like this, this holiday place that we knew all the people from. And we were like, can you come and help us with this car? And like three or four guys came down with us to this car. And we basically all sat on the hood of the wheel that was on the trail. And one of the guys just drove it back onto the trail. Oh. Definitely. We would have definitely not been able to do that because we weren't, we weren't heavy enough. Right. It's just the two of us. Crisis averted. Crisis averted. But, so, but then I did, but like, un- unlike stealing the car, I did have permission to drive the car, but I did have to then drive it back and say, so this just happened. <laughs> and that's why the car's all, you know, covered in mud and stuff. So, but I mean, was it, I have so many questions. Uh, was it undamaged? It was undamaged. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's Excellent. Good. Oh, that's the best part. Yeah. That, that's a win right there. I mean, it was dirty. And yeah. I, I was curious about the string, though. So did the yeah, string yeah, actually yeah. prevent yes. the car from going on? Okay, yes. so wait a minute. What happened? He's backing up the car. The string's still attached, no, right? No, it, it, no, 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 no. We just drove the car. What, all, it, all it needed was a bunch of weight on the wheel that was on the trail. Give it some traction. Yeah. Give mm-hmm. it some traction, and we were just able to drive it back onto the trail. Wow. Gotcha. I would say top tip. String. Never, yeah. Always, always have string. String. Yeah. Be tucking that into every car that I own. is what I would also think we should definitely, that's the message. String. String. <laughs> yeah. Don't leave home without it. I mean, you have all these things they say you should put in your go bag. String. For, you know, especially here in the Bay Area. Oh, you know, you have to have your radio and your water and your flares well, what about string? Yeah. Has, was string on that list? I don't have flares. I, Should I have flares? I, I just made that up. Did you? Yeah. I like, flares. I like flares. Like, flares are fun. Get flares. I sometimes hope for, <laughs> for a puncture. For a flares? So you can just be like... So I can just be like, excuse me, this is a necessity. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, there was a time, by the way, in Florida, just a quick story. My brother had a Wrangler. This must have been 90... 94, 95, and he had a brand new Wrangler, and we went out to the Everglades, which was only a couple miles from where we lived at the time in South Florida, and he nosed, we, we thought we were just driving through like a marsh, you know, like, okay, it might be a couple feet deep at most where there's just water. No. The first water we came across, we hit it, and thinking it wasn't a big deal, maybe going about 10 miles an hour, not going too fast, and literally complete. 90 degree nosedive into the into the mud and the car we, we were up to our waists standing there one minute we're sitting in the jeep the next minute we are literally standing in waist deep mud wow. i mean it was brutal did the gators come the gators didn't come but we got out and there was a little visitor center right there because we were right near the entrance to everglades national park and um we ended up sitting drinking beer underneath a cabana kind of thing or pavilion i should say with these locals, which we were kind of locals too, but these guys were locals, like they lived in the Everglades. And these guys we met, one guy had a tattoo of a KKK guy riding an alligator with like reins on it, like, like, he, like he was riding a horse. On a t-shirt? No, a tattoo of it oh. was on oh, his oh, arm. Oh, he's super committed. 
really yeah. committed. But we, we, as Jews, felt very comfortable. Uh-huh. So we just started talking to this guy. And not just him. There's like seven people hanging out, all drinking beer. Just We were there for, because we could not get out of there. They were, they were there, there on purpose. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was a choice, right. But they all took their little boats there, and they come from you know, all over the Everglades within, I'd say, like a 15-mile radius, and their little outboard motor, little tiny boats. And they show up, and they just hang out. Anyway, these guys heard about our predicament, called their buddy, and this guy showed up and literally, with a tow truck, a dually, dragged us out of there with a giant chain. This is after a couple of attempts of other ridiculous things, but ultimately, he got us out of there, and... He had his wife and kid in the front seat of the truck while he pulled us out, which I thought was pretty telling in some weird way. But yeah, that, that was just made me think of... Lest the KKK gator riding people get them. Yeah. Yes. They were like, let's get out of here. Yeah. You probably don't want spring, <laughs> Yeah, You can't wait outside while daddy works. No. You wait inside while uh-huh. daddy works. Right. And don't bring strength. But I got to say... Sans tattoo, this guy was like the nicest guy you would ever meet. Right. I, I, we, they were so helpful, fun to be around, great conversation. It was like three, four hours, I recall, hanging out with these people in the middle of the swamp. And it was great. Fit right in. Was an airboat involved? Oh, God, are you kidding? Okay, of great. Course. Good, good. I mean, I didn't like ride on one that day, no, but no. yes, there were definitely airboats. Yeah, nice. People definitely traveled there by airboat. Yeah. yeah, it's like a fan attached to an LS motor. Yeah. That's fun. Kind of sounds like a redneck's dream come true. Yeah, I think about building one of those every now and then. I don't know where I would drive an airboat around here, but think about that culture. Why not? It only exists in a small portion of the world. I don't know if it exists anywhere other than no. the Everglades. No, does it? Well, because it's the it's kind of the marshland. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's you a necessity. Need to skim over all that nonsense. Yeah. By the way, have you Flat ever boat. been on any of those? No, but you went on one. I, I've been on a few, but. More, they're amazing. More recently, you went on one. Didn't we you? did, yeah, about a year and a half ago. Yeah, they're fast. And the family aren't they? Went yeah, amazing. Yeah, but not just that. But you can pull crazy stuff. Like you can go onto a berm of like an island, a corner of dry land, let's say, and go completely up onto the land and stop, yeah. and then kick the fan on, kick it into high gear, and it will push you across the land back into the water for you know, let's say, a hundred feet or so. So you could you could go to the drive-through liquor store. You could. <laughs> it would burn a lot of gas. <laughs> and it would it'd be sparks flying down the road. But, uh, and also, the guys who pilot these things down there, just it's pretty impressive. I mean, coming around a corner pretty quick and missing like a tree stump by half an inch. Yeah. It's like, know, with people on board. It's, it's like drifting it's in a crazy. boat. Yeah. It's drifting everywhere. Yeah. But it's a drifting even when you don't want to drift. It's like mm. always drifting. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Well said. Yeah. You can't I'll always you, be drifting. You can't control it. <laughs> ABD. Always be drifting. Always be drifting. ABD. I almost wore my uh, my USF sweatshirt tonight just to throw you off. Yeah, Cam went to University of San Francisco, and I went to University of South Florida. Florida. Yeah, South Florida, which is in Tampa, which is dead smack in the middle. That always kind of bugged me. It's also weird that the colors are exactly the same too. Exactly the same, yeah. and the bulls. Bull. Well, you're a bull. We were dons. But. I, I never, okay. I've never understood the whole like US college, like. Letters thing, yeah. Well, you yeah. just abbreviate wherever the college oh, is. Yeah, dude, I went to HWU. Mm. What's that? Yeah. Her- Harriet Watt University. Uh, Who's going to call that? Well, Stephen, right? I mean that, that. Yeah, I mean HW. <laughs> the problem is British people. It's too many, too many words. You know, it's like you, is that like Mozart? Too many notes. Too many notes. <laughs> too many words. Too many notes. <laughs> well, there it is. Well, and then, and, then, and then you go the other direction, and I was like, I was asking Anna, well, where did you go to college? And she's like, Swansea. Like, it's called Swansea? Yeah. Like, There's no acronym. Yeah. Look, I can Swansea. assure you, sir, there's exactly the amount of notes prescribed to... <laughs> well done. To... <sighs> so, I'm going to change, completely change Yeah, good, good, good. Um, the White Lotus. I haven't watched the new episode. Have you watched any of the new... I haven't seen the second season. Because F. Murray Abram is in. Oh yeah, he he plays like a dirty old man, right? <laughs> right? As soon as I saw him, I'm sitting there and I just turned to turned to Lindsay and I said, "Too many notes." Mm. She looked at me. And she was like, "What?" <laughs> you know, whenever I look at him, I see him sitting in that ghetto car in Scarface. He's like, "Get the fuck out of here, you fucking, you fucking yeah. motherfucker!" <laughs> 
And then next thing you know, he's hanging from the freaking chapter. Don't ever fuck me, Tony. <laughs> you were like White Lotus. It was like, it wasn't white. It was yellow. But different kind of Lotus. Yeah. Which those are um, all of a sudden all over the uh, interwebs as well. What is? That, oh, Lotuses. Yeah, the Amira is oh. all over the interwebs. Lots of zero to 60 things. Lots of, hey, this is the best sounding blah, blah, blah ever. And I was listening to it. I'm like, no, it's not that great sounding. Kind of sounds like a Camry with a big blower on the top. Forgive me if I already told you this, but did I tell you about uh, the neighbor that I met? No. So down the street, if you're walking from my house to Willow Glen, yep. there is, on the left-hand side, there has been parked for some time a gigantic dragster thing <laughs> that looks like it's got a supercharger intake on the hood, like a big white thing. It's How long would you say is this car? Like in feet? Is it like, it's funny, like funny car style or is it like almost. stock car with a big blower? No, it's like, it's like a okay. hot rod. There you go. But no, it's not like crazy hot rod. It's kind of a piece of junk. And it's like... It rat rod, perhaps. There you go. Can you say rat rod? Yeah. Rat rod. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> rat rod. Um, I was intrigued because every time I walk past, the, it's the hood's up or the front door of the house is open. It's like covered. It's not covered. And I was like, one time when I walk past this, there's going to be somebody out there and I'm going to be able to say, hey, well, that happened last week. Yeah. Yeah. Who'd you meet? I met KKK him. tattoo and a no. Did he have a KKK no, a, no a tattoo of a KKK guy riding? I didn't. I didn't ask, and I didn't see one. Hmm. An alligator. Yeah. Okay. okay. No, I met an English guy who worked for Lotus. <laughs> oh, so he might with, have that with tattoo. a rat rod. Uh huh. <laughs> what? That is weird. That is weird. Worked for he worked at Rolls Royce. Okay. He worked uh, at Lotus. He is like. Uh, fluid dynamics is his specialty. He worked at Airbus okay. for, for a long time. Sure. Yeah, and his wife got a job here in the Bay Area, and they they relocated. They they've been here like nine months. He's not working yet. Yeah. And he was driving. They were driving around in like Los Gatos or something like that. And they, he kept seeing this car in the in somebody's driveway. And eventually, he kind of got out and said, "Hey, what's what's going on with that car?" Mm. And they said, "Well, we can't get it to run." And he, and he was like, well, can I buy it? And so he bought it and parked it in front of his house. Was he like, this is, this is Mer- Perf- America. America? I need one of these. Perfect project for me. Did, you said this is a British guy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're never going to see you again, I guess. Was, was he shocked to hear? Was he like, <laughs> oh, God, another one. Or was he like, oh, yeah, my God, thank I mean, God you're here. Cool, yeah. Well, no, he was, he was kind of, I think he was pretty intrigued. Okay. Uh, and we, you know, we sh- sort of shared... I, he had the hood up and I was like, does it run? It was like, yeah, yeah, I got it to run. I had all these problems with it. Um, clearly the guys that he bought it off didn't know what they were doing because they had one of the cool like optical distributors that you've got. Oh, uh, okay, got it. Yeah. Um, but they had not plugged the wires into the right cylinders for the firing mm. order of the car. <laughs> Oh dear! So he looked at me, and it was like, yeah, it took me a little while to figure that Which one out. Which can be tricky, by the way. And yeah. I was like, yeah, that, that'll make it not work pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he have to get his head around wrenches with a fraction? Yeah, I believe he did. Yeah, that but must have been hard for we him. Were, we were, we uh, were. I don't like, I don't like wrenches with a fraction. Oh, that must either. have been hard for you. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Everything is ten millimeter, right? Yeah. Uh, in my world, <laughs> <laughs> most things. Uh, yeah, I get really irritable when I see fractions on a ratchet. I, I just socket. ignore them. You're just like, it's a 12 epit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is about right. This will yeah, work. This will do. Um, so we, but we were mutually amused that, you know, rat rod, right? So inside it Ruh-roh. is, what, what is the like ignition? Like, I couldn't remember the name of it. Magneto? No, the, the, the product name it's like fire thrower or whatever <laughs> you Ma- know magnaflow maybe no, no it, there's literally no. is like the coil the ignition coil it's like it's called like fire breather <laughs> like that's the product name but we were joking about all this stuff he was talking about headers that are called like medusas you know <laughs> yeah vomit headers yeah. or whatever yeah yeah it's a whole world. And we, and we were like we we're like why do they have all these crazy names yeah <laughs> 
Well, and like the mufflers that you would get from like the pre-runner to arise for like the cherry bombs. Yeah, like, I, I, no, I don't want Why? that. I don't want that. So anyway, he, he, he said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fire it up now because it doesn't have headers on it at all. He was, he, he was getting it running. Then he was going to take it to the exhaust shop to get like an actual exhaust put, put on it, but he was going to take it on a flatbed. He wasn't going to drive no, it. No, he should drive it. He should drive it. I went on several errands in my, the truck I currently have with, with just the headers and no, nothing no else. Exhaust. It was a three inch pipe yep. coming out of those headers. That's L&L headers. And it was like, pop it, pop it, pop it, pop, pop, pop. <laughs> like people are, as I'm driving by, like snow is falling off the trees oh, yeah, and yeah. people are falling down. Yeah. yeah. People are literally, literally shitting themselves on yeah. the sidewalk. It's like, it's, it was a real, it was a tragedy almost. Uh, that, that's a, like uh, the other day, car drove past and it was, sorry, it was a BMW. It had it's a, okay. It had a you crack- should not apologize for that. It's a crackle tune on it. It was like crackles and pops. Oh, I like hate the crackle tune. Every downshift, it was all crackly. Elwood ghost me. What? <laughs> Why do people do that? Yeah, ex- <laughs> yes. Yes, that is no right. No one will ever know, Elwood. Yeah. I'm sorry, you just asked like a... You asked a, the, the question the of the age-old age question. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first crackle thing that came to my head. The age-old question. Dad, Daddy, why do people do Daddy, that? Why do they do that? And I was like, you know what? Down the high street, I don't know. <laughs> I, I swear, down Third Street, like downtown San Jose, California, it, it is literally like a proving ground between San Carlos and Santa Clara. People just hope that they get the lights, and they just open it up, and it's literally constant exhaust and. It, you know, it's always the Civic, but we should yeah. we should invest in a cat catalytic converter company. Mm. <laughs> Smart thinking. We can just go into downtown San Jose and start grabbing catalytic converters. It happens. Well, all cl- the they're time. clearly mm. what they're saying is that they don't want them on their car. No, they don't. They don't want anything. <laughs> I that actually looks like was. A muffler. I'm one of very few people that I bought an R6 Yamaha, a, a 600 cc crotch rocket, and added the catalytic converter back <laughs> onto it. Is it because you didn't like smelling like gas? No, I got it, just... and the guy had already removed it, and it was so loud that I was like, oh my gosh, I, I am just drawing so much attention to myself. It is so absurd, and it was just sucking the fun out of it. And I, as I'm sitting there with the nuts and bolts and calling the company and saying, I'd like to purchase a catalytic converter, they're like, What? <laughs> <laughs> Like, Five dollars, Janice. Please. Janice, come here. You gotta hear this. <laughs> this guy yeah. wants one. It's this like is amazing. Somehow this guy managed to avoid the yeah. pile of them. You know. <laughs> no, seriously, it, it was like nothing. I didn't. Uh, I didn't no get problem, a brand no problem, sir. We're gonna send you on free of charge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll even pay the shipping. <laughs> As I'm wrenching it, I'm like, "You are so old. You are so old." Yeah, I mean, literally, just I couldn't stand the noise. Did you Wait, did, did you pinch your manhood into that clamp when you did it? I didn't, uh, but <laughs> metaphorically, that was just luck, blind luck. <laughs> I'm just curious though, like the catalytic converter makes that much difference in the sound on an R6. You know, when I originally bought an R6, which was 2003, I don't think it had a catalytic converter. It just had I a different kind of that pipe. It would. Yeah. Now they are priding themselves on the smaller the pipe the better it's just a style kind of thing so when this pipe is really small they've got to put a cat on there i don't know if it's carb rules or what but it's switched to cat and it's this big ugly thing that goes underneath the bike so a lot of people don't like that oh that big yeah that gigantic thing that sits super low on the bike yeah yeah it's ridiculous and and i get that but for me it's more about i kind of don't care that much about the look i just want it to be an enjoyable experience and that thing was just way too loud if I ever get another Harley, for example, I swear I'm not going to get the loud pipes. I'm going to be like the one guy with the soft pipes, with the stock pipes, you know, yeah, and yeah, just yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, um, I don't you know. I think I can... so. I know th- that'd be like me if I was in the Ferrari mm. dealership and they were like, "So we're we're ordering up your custom car, sir. <laughs> what color would you like it?" Like, I, I'd love Gray. to be able to. I'd love to be able to sit here and go, you know, I love that silver. That silver was just fantastic. And the I'm quieter, gonna write, the better. I'm going to write it right here on in the form where you'd say <laughs> specify color, and I'm going to spell silver R E D. Well, so I've been you say you say you do, but you just wouldn't. I know yeah, you wouldn't. No, I think you're right. I, I will say, after owning a couple Harleys, it is way more fun to ride a loud bike. It just is. Not too loud, but loud is fun. It is fun. Uh, even in the 911, when I press 
the button, which is pretty much within five seconds of me getting into that car every time. I'm like, this is more fun. Screw everybody else. When I'm on the sidewalk walking my dog and Evan drives by, I want to wring his neck. Yeah, I don't care. It's, it's I'm, I'm happy when Evan drives by. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That the only, doesn't bug you? No. The only time it bothers me is if somebody's, you know, nascar it up. It's like the LS with no mufflers. Like, I don't want my eardrums blown out. But, like, if somebody flies by me in a Porsche or Ferrari or even a Mustang that sounds good, I'm all in. I'm not going to complain about that. It's like, I like that. Go for it. You yeah. Know? So... Obviously, in in um, weird science, nine twenty eight. Yep. S. Mm, yes, that's right. Mondale. Yeah, Mondale. There's a party tonight at Wyatt Abdonnelly's yes. house. You can look it up in the registry. Yeah. <laughs> party. <laughs> yeah. How many kids do you think ended up with like nine twenty eight or Mondale posters? Never had. I never had either. No, because 928s are fucking evil. Yeah, no, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to. Yeah, we can argue about that at some point on this podcast. I, I mean, obviously, like between a 928 and 968, you go 928 all day long. <laughs> yep. Okay. 968 is the ultimate bastard Porsche. Here's something I'd love to talk about at some point. Because I have very, like, short pit- wheelbase. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, there are very pivotal moments that literally stick in my head of moments that I saw cars. And I was just like, yes. Got to have that. Got to have that. Yep. Even, even now, when I see a particular car, like, do something, or it's, it's, the, it's that kind of car that I saw, that memory just, like, sticks in your head. And you yep. see something like it, <coughs> or you're reminded of it, and you're like, it's really, like, burnt into your memory. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. We, uh... Slightly related, but not quite the same. We were watching Skyfall last weekend, Ben. Skyfall. Which, you know, of course, has the Audi A5 in black, but it has the license plate that Ben ended up getting as a personalized plate on his RS5 because it's the only Audi A5 body ever featured in a Bond film. Maybe in any film, really. They're not really... Featured, I pointed that out. I, I actually had to pause and point that out to Anna and Alex, and they're like, "Anna's like, huh?" Alex is like, "Oh, I think that is actually Ben's license plate." I'm like, "It is." <laughs> I think the A5 is a beautiful car. I think that Walter De Silva. When I there's one memory that comes to mind when I think of A5 for whatever reason. When I had that older 911, the um, 996 2002 4S. I was going to the city with a buddy of mine to San Francisco who has an A5. And we were high school buddies who hadn't seen each other in like 15 years. And before that, we hadn't seen each other in, in probably another 10 years. So I'm old. And um, I rarely see this guy. So he's in town. He works at Citrix. And he said, hey, I've got the day free. Let's hang out. I said, great. I've got a 911. Let's go for a drive in the hills. He's like, cool, I've got an A5. I'm like a sports guy, you know, sports car guy too. And we went for this drive. And I remember going over a couple corners, actually not even in the curves up on 35, but on 101 approaching the city. And a couple times out loud, he was like, oh my God. He's like, your car is so much faster than mine. <laughs> and I remember thinking of like the ridiculousness of that statement, like to say that out loud. And the car wasn't that crazy. It had 320 horsepower. It wasn't like this incredible yeah. monster or anything. I don't know if he had ever just never driven his car that quick or... Clearly you know, not. Whatever, I mean, but... A5s are pretty... Yeah. They're competent. What's the horsepower on a base A5? 200. Like, yeah, like 220. Oh, okay. So 320 is a decent difference, especially when you're talking about the weight. No, but I mean like... the the Porsche. The A5 is... A quattro and you can... I, I mean... I've had a guy in a similar model like that, you know, if it was like the first gen A5, um, somebody was following me in a first gen or second gen A4 with the same motor and on my ass on nine GT4 versus 
yeah. pretty stock A4. I was like, wow. But again, you know, he he knew how to drive, and it was like rally car driving. Like he was sideways at some points, and I was like, oh my god! But right on my ass, and we pulled over, and I was like, mods. He's like, not a one. Wow. I yeah. I drove my dad's um, F Type S with him in the passenger seat, and we were just cruising up nine. We just went up to thirty five and back. So we're only gone for like an hour, and um, on the way up, I got past. I, I let him go. I got in the um, turnout, and it was like a '96 Nissan Pathfinder. I'm not kidding. And I'm in my dad's F-Type, and I wasn't like going crazy because I went in with my dad, and the car is a huge front hood and this little back with all this horsepower, and I just wasn't used to it, and it just felt kind of awkward. But nonetheless, I was. I felt like I was giving it to him, and this guy passed me in this truck, and I was like, "You cannot judge who's behind the wheel." Nope. You can't. I mean, David and I were following a Ford F-150 up 152, and we were ecstatic because the guy knew the road, and we were behind him, and he was he could wing that thing into corners, and we were both working to stay behind him, but it was, it was amazing. I love that. Yeah. I, I loved it, too. I was like, this is, I want to follow this guy all day long. Yep. Fantastic. In a pickup truck. Yeah, in a totally stock F-150. Would would you agree that this is like the main thing that we all wish we could make time for? Yes. Not the podcast, but driving cars. You uh, know, for me, it's like when I get free time, cars. the first thing I think of is drive. Yeah, me too. It is it is the it is the default thing that I will do for the, any scenario, right? Like you're feeling good, go for a drive. You're feeling I shit, think that go for, go for a drive. drive. I think that's the crux of what we want to maybe get, you know, put the hook in people. Yeah. Is, is say, because a lot of people feel that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whenever I get my free time, this is, this is what I choose to do with it. Yep. Um, it's, and, it's, a, it's a weird one as well, because by and large, like many, many people drive their car. Like almost every day, right? If you if you work and you commute, you know, a, a lot of people have cars, and a lot of a lot of them drive them very frequently. Is what I'm trying to say. Not many people think about driving their cars in the same way that that I think we do. I get in my car every day when I go to work, and I'm like, cool. I have the next 25 minutes to sit and drive my car. That's actually a really, it's a great part of my day, and it's at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day. Um, and I th- I just think that it's kind of like different. I'm wired differently for that experience. And that's why it's the default. It's like, I need to go clear my head. I need to go think about something. I need to get the kid to sleep. I need to talk to the kid. I need to go, you know, I, Jesus, I, I, need, to get, I need to get away from something. Yeah. Something. I mean, cars in general, like are my default. I don't think there's a moment in the day that is a spare moment where something car related doesn't come up it's not just the driving it's like i'm obsessing about deck lid hinges i'm obsessing about you know the tolerances of a motor i'm building i'm obsessing about fitting aircraft instruments into a 911 i mean you name the ridiculous (laughs) thing that i'm trying to go at the end there yeah that's happening like i'm pulling aircraft instruments out of my 1602 and getting them ready to Replace a clock at a nine eleven. So, like, I mean, stupid shit. Always, I love, I love that. Like between meetings, I'm picking up the phone and I'm looking at eBay. I'm picking up the phone. I'm looking at Bat. I'm picking up the phone. I'm listening to video reviews of Porsche Carrera nine nine eleven Ts. Yep, both the nine eighty one point two and the nine nine two. That's how I, I admit. I am. There's a big part of me that's always waiting for uh, Karen, the wife, to. To say, oh, I need the car today. That's never going to happen. <laughs> no, no. She doesn't ever drive the Porsche. It's the whole thing. That's what I'm saying. It's never going to happen. No, but as, but as soon as she says she needs the car, it means I have no choice but to drive the Porsche. And it oh, changes my oh, day. the car. I, the car that, I, I oh, go into the, the room. Family car. Got I grab it. the key. I put it in my pocket. And for the rest of the day, I'm like, when I need to go somewhere, I get to experience this physical you know, input. Yeah. This is going to be insane. What a great day this is. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it changes my whole day. I remember when you drove my car after dropping me off or, yeah. or picking me up from a, the mechanic at some point. 
you texted me like I think it was ten o'clock at night, and we had done that probably nine nine thirty ten o'clock in the morning, and you said something along the lines of, "Man, that car really sticks with you, huh?" Yeah, it kind of buzzed you for the day. Yeah, you know, and definitely. that's it's it's a game changer. It's, it's a life changer. Definitely an experience that stayed with me. Yeah, yeah. But I would agree with the there probably isn't a waking moment that, that there isn't something to do with cars or automotive. And like you were saying, like it doesn't have to be a drive because I, I'll spend just as much time <coughs> cleaning something or yeah. like fiddling around with something or, you know, on the car to do with the car related to the car, obsessing over what thing you're going to get next for the car. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, do bigger tires on the front end of my gt4 make it more compliant more stable and more controllable or do i need that toe links and to reprogram the suspension computer what's, hours what's, your, what's your ultimate like a uh, you know response to us switching cars and driving and do you feel like your car is okay i mean has it improved has it changed no i mean i don't think it's changed i think I have maybe gone too far, finally. I think I, I'm admitting that I've gone too far over. Like, I've... <laughs> Will Ben was laughing at me at one point at Cars and Coffee when I was talking to someone with a Lotus Elan, and he's like, I, I don't know why you just didn't go there, right? Like, And at the time, I, I was... I had both Honda S2000 and the GT4, and... I'd bought the GT4 because it was a more extreme version of the Honda S2000 and somehow thought that that would be a totally rational car to drive wherever, whenever, and largely however. Like, take kid to school, pick kid up from school, go get groceries, go to Home Depot, which I've done all those things. Um, it's just too much effort. Like, I'm at the point now where, like, lower effort, more time behind wheel is really what I'm after with pretty much anything I'm doing. Everything I've read about the car, the GT4, recently, since you've kind of been going down this road, is that, yeah, it's a track weapon, and that's what it's best at, and that's what it's made for, and driving on the, you know, just doing the errands you mentioned, it's not exactly going to be fun. I mean, it is fun, like, like Ben said, you know, that moment where you're like, I'm, or even like what you said, like, my stimuli is different because my wife and I never switch cars. In fact, I rarely ever want to get in her car and she never wants to get into any of mine. So I don't worry about that ever. But that moment of, oh, I get to go and drive this thing is always exhilarating. It's amazing the moment the key hits the yep. dash and it's amazing the moment the car gets backed out of the driveway. But the effort that goes into it versus the ability to just get in and drive and not stress out about all these different things that you have to worry about tire pressure, like letting the thing warm up to like, I just want to get in put the key in and go. And I also don't want to be like figuring out how to climb in, climb out. Like it's great when you're just behind the wheel, but you know, trying to do five things on a Saturday afternoon Oh, no way. Getting, it's a getting in and out of that butt. car? Oh, oh yeah. 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 I did it one time. And you were like, enough. And I was like, wow, that's different. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you strap that thing on. Yeah, you really do. In mine, like, I think you had called it a couch. Not my car in particular, but just in general. Well, they call those seats, the, like, 18-way adjustables, the couches, because yeah. they're inflatable and all the other great stuff that goes along with them. They're heated, they're vented all that nonsense. Just think about all the weight that that has. <laughs> I'd rather not. But also, hey, I didn't get the air-conditioned seats. I didn't get the ventilated seats. Yeah. Just heated. I mean, I think if I'm going with the 18-way adjustables, I'm getting the vents, getting the... like. If I could have chosen whole, it, yeah. but Give me I, all that. Mine came with the 14. And I thought, you're going to have <laughs> what? to just... Four less things. Yeah. That was pretty much <laughs> you feel, you a major sacrifice for me. Do you feel robbed? <laughs> Not at all. Well, if I get rid of it, how about this? I pull the, uh, I'll put the the crappy shift linkage back in it, and you can take the, uh, the, the the numeric. Yeah, you can take the numeric. You know, it's weird. Will I, that fit? Yeah. 
Same exact thing. Really? The on his car? Yeah, 981, 991. Exact so same thing. So we switched cars. Well, when your, your sister was in town last week, we went for a drive, and we switched cars. You did the switch? We did the switch on Uvas. Nice. Which was fun. I kind of wish we'd... Nine actually would have been better if we would have known there was less traffic, but, you know, it was, it was a Sunday. Yeah. So we were just like, okay, I just don't want to deal. So we went to Uvas, but... But, but okay, so looking back at that, it's like, what was, you drove my 911. Yep. 911S, 2015, 9911. What, what did you think? Did you think for a second, like, oh, now this is nice, you know, or, or how did it sit with you at the end of the day? I, I think it lived up to expectations. I think I was in a place where I wanted it to do a few things. I wanted to know that it had a similar level of grip and speed in and out of a corner like the GT4 did. I didn't want to be bounced all over the road. There were some moments where I felt like I was still being bounced all over the road. I think that's just that's just Porsche. And a bumpy road. And a bumpy road. But the practical nature of it and the, okay, you can drive this thing like a classic 911, which I'm trying to figure out now as well, um, where you can hot into the corner because it has enough suspension to go hot into the corner. But when you come out of a corner, you can carry a lot more speed in that thing than you can in the GT4. But I think the GT4, you don't have to think as much as you're entering a corner because you're just like tap the brake wait, ease onto the gas. The 911, you can kind of manhandle it out of the corner, which is fun. Um, but the practical nature of it and the softness of it on regular roads and the ability to drop it into seventh gear and be plodding along at like 1,900 RPMs at 65 miles an hour, and it's pretty quiet, all those things are good. Like, I don't get any of that because I'm in six gear in my car at 65 miles an hour and I'm still pulling almost 3000 RPMs. It's noisy. The engine's like literally right behind your head. Oddly, I'm trying to get down to a one car solution, at least for, you know, the things that aren't 40 years old. Um, this doing something that is a nine eleven could be a one car solution for me. Ben lives by the one car solution, I do. by the way, which we appreciate for yourself. I mean, you have the family has two cars, you know. Yeah, but Ben has one car that does cars and coffee, that does backroads driving, that does kid getting. You're you're absolutely right. Yep. I can do everything in the 911 except full family deal. I'm not putting my dog in the 911. I'm not putting the wife in the front and the kid in the back, especially with the dog. It's just too much. I we think if could I could do it, but it's like, I'm not doing that to the car. No, I mean, and I don't know that I would be taking wife, kid, and dog on a trip. Well, if yeah, I get why a would you do that? If I get a 911, it's not going to have back seats. So I think one thing I've resigned myself to is the dog would go in the back. I think I'm Wait, taking the dog with me. If you get a 911 and it doesn't have back seats, does that mean you're going to customize it? Or so the, the, the T not come with back seats or something? You can add the back seats back in. But you can get the T standard is no, no back, back seats. seats. Had no idea. Yeah. I can get the crazy chairs that I have, too. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But then, again, you said they pull in and out five times a day. That might not be what you want. Yeah. 